Hi. Hello. Thank you for tuning in to the Talk About It Mate podcast. In this podcast, we're letting you in on the ground floor of the next mental health revolution. Fundamentally, people want to be seen and heard, and it doesn't take a professional to provide that. Peer support is transforming people's lives, and we're going to show you how it's done. We'll start each podcast with a check-in where we'll describe our here and now feelings. Think how you would honestly respond if someone asked you, how are you? Then we'll choose a topic and talk from our own experiences about what that means to us. No direct questions, no advice, no disagreement, just open listening and validation. And at the end, we'll check out. How are you now? And that's it. Well, alongside the podcast, we'll be providing support, guidance and connection around the topic each week on our social media and on our meetup. So head there now, during or after the podcast to get and stay connected. But for now, let's get into it. Hi there, mate. Hello there. Good evening to you on this delightful Friday. I was going to say February Friday and then got it the wrong way around. I was like, can't say Friday, February. It doesn't quite work. So good to see you. Good to see your face. I've not really seen you much this week. I know. I'm, I'm struggling to cope with it, to be honest, John. No, it's, uh, I don't know. I've got, I've got a bit of that Friday feeling now. It feels like a, a, a reward to get to the end of the week and do this. We'll get on to that, I suppose, because I think I know what you're alluding to. But why don't we start off in the way we mean to go on and let's check in. So how are you feeling today, Mike? Energetic, like uh, lots going on, like like not rushing around, but uh, it, I've got, yeah, I've got a lot of energy in my body and uh I can feel it like reverberating in me and want to get stuff done and tick off all these boxes. So, yeah, I'm going quite quickly. I want to do this and then I can kind of slow down because I feel like it's been an absolutely brilliant week. And, and, and yeah, that, that's, that's something I'm really proud about. <laughs> I was going to say, for the benefit of the listeners at home, Mike's initial response to the check-in was to do a sort of dance move. It was like a, <laughs> his arm. <laughs> I'm supposed to back it. Wasn't quite dancing, but I know what I mean. I think it really summed up in a sort of performative, you know, dance-based response to a check-in. So, yeah, it's good, to, good, to, good to hear. And I know, I, I know where some of that is coming from because we we talked throughout the week as much as we've yeah. not seen each other. So, yeah, I'm I'm really quite proud of you and and where you're at. And I feel like you deserve to feel in the space that you're at. But you know, that's not what this check-in's about. I'll check in myself. Uh, I'm feeling maybe not dissimilar. I had a really bad week, actually, as you know. Um, had a full-on anxiety attack on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, my car got broken into, which in and of itself wasn't too dramatic. It was just the straw or one of the straws on, on this poor camel's back. And uh, yeah, had a full-on anxiety attack at that. I read about this today again because I was refreshing my mental health first aid, presenteeism. And I was there in this meeting and I just couldn't focus. And then I couldn't focus all afternoon. And I, one thing that's different now that about me and my response than it may have been before was I actually let my manager know and said, I'm taking the afternoon off. I'm feeling like this. I need to deal with this and then come back. And she was very understanding, which was great. But since then, I think, yeah, I'm feeling like I've actually done so well to overcome that. And I'm feeling now like you're feeling like it's the end of the week. And I deserve it to be the end of the week. Yeah. So that's how I'm feeling. That's a lot in that, John. But like, yeah, overcome a lot of adversity in there and ending on, on a high. Yeah. And actually, 
not putting the uh, the horse before the cart, the cart before the horse, the cart before the horse. <laughs> Something in there really reminds me of today's topic, which is getting help. Because I said that you know what's different about me now to where I was maybe a few years ago is I actually told my my manager. So in that sense, I was getting help, which yeah, you know, it, it is very very difficult to do for so many reasons uh, and that phrase can mean small things and it can mean huge things like when you think of getting help in a in a historical context i see pictures of you know people going off to rehab and uh, being not seen for three four weeks and coming back a completely different person that, that's where the sort of phrase getting help sits in my memory but to me it's a lot more practical mm-hmm. incremental um, and actually vital i would say immediately that the 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 value that comes into that is courage and the courage is like to say be an advocate for yourself and say i'm not going to sweep it under the carpet i'm going to ad- admit it face up to it and, and also ask for a bit of space like that's massive that's like massive like like for you to do to do that and, and it's like almost starting as starting as you mean to go on putting like a marker out there i think i think that what i would have said about asking getting help very different is yeah how if you've got a concern whether you think your concern will be handled properly and that comes down to one being a good advocate for yourself but two that means knowing you're in a safe space and i think sometimes the only way to know that is to go for it and see which is terrifying Mm. i think there are things you can do if you you know i'm thinking from my own perspective when i've managed people or i've run a community like this Mm. um I've done things, I think it's useful for other people to do things to make you feel like it's safe to do that. But in the absence of that, it is really scary to just say, I'm vulnerable, I'm scared, I'm worried, I'm anxious, I need this, you know, that sort of connection. And it links to a couple of episodes back to the judgment notion. The fear of judgment to me was so powerful that I would not have put that out there so directly. I might have talked around it, I might have tried to construct a situation in which I got the space, which was the help that I needed some other way, like make up a doctor's appointment or just IT issues, or I've got this personal issue rather than directly saying, this is the reason I need help. And this is what I need because I would have been so scared of what would have come back. Like you say, I I wouldn't have known how that would have been responded to. But amazingly, it was not only responded to with, Absolutely, that's fine. It went a step further whereby, and you know, this is credit to my my boss at work, who may or may not one day hear this conversation or someone related in a professional sense to her will hear. Um, when I tried to sort of move on from the conversation, when we were discussing it, she was like, no, 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 let's go back to, let's talk about the fact that you identified the situation. You know what your triggers are. You know what you need. And sort of, not not going so far as to sort of like patronizingly commend me, but to say, I want you to know, this is wasn't what she was saying, but it was what I got from it. I want you to know that I respect that process, which is huge. It is huge. Wow, I'm 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 in awe. Like she sounds amazing. Like, yeah, that's massive because there's so many people in, in networks that I know. A lot of people can do that. The difference is is that you had enough like compassion or respect for yourself to say 
no, I'm not all right. Like, you, you had a bad thing happen to you this week and you don't think twice if someone else, you know, said, oh, I need some time off because I've had my car broken into. You'd be like, that's just what happens, isn't it? You know, and other things, I had anxiety attack. Yeah, that's massive. Like, a lot of people, it's that last final step that is the getting help part. So, you know, one of the themes of this series, I suppose, isn't it? Begin again in 10, but taking that step is the is the thing we're talking about. There's so many people who, who are um, ready will and willing to take that step but are not yet able to take that step and there's a number of reasons for that and I suppose that's that's what we're always trying to work out so two two reasons why someone might not get help that are immediate to me are that shame that fear of judgment that that fear of failure hence why we've talked about those things in the previous episodes but the other one which I think you probably have the most tangible experience of transformative experience of is okay I'm not afraid of the judgment. I'm not afraid of the failure, or I am, but I'm going to deal with that. But I don't know where to get the help that I need. And I think my personal experience of that is all sorts of different things that I did for myself were equivalent to getting help, mm. but not in that sort of direct go to the GP type sense. Because yeah. coming off the back of this first aid course that we've just done, that's always the thing that's recommended like as a default action. That's for almost any, you know, non-crisis situation, GP is on the list. But aside from that, joining, we've talked about Man vs. Fat before, but doing that for myself, that was huge about getting help. I've talked about how the conversations that I had within that situation were helpful for me. But also, if we're going to flip this phrase around about getting help, like something you're going out and getting, putting boundaries in place is getting help for yourself, like mm. saying no to things. And stopping yourself from pursuing certain types of behavior is you're getting help from yourself then, which is something that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of as in the remit of getting help before I'd been through it. So if, if anyone else is thinking, how can I get help? There's not that thing out there for me. Well, one way you can do it is give yourself some help. The idea of going to the GP really stood out to me because it does, it's like, so you're struggling with something because mental health is so broad, but then there's one solution to this myriad of problems and it, it makes it very finite, very black and white. And, and for me, it's like, yeah, there's this shame, this guilt, whatever. And there'll be a lot of reasons why that I wouldn't take that step. I, I can say for years and years and years and years and years, I struggled and I didn't take that step. Got to have a breakdown and then, you know, basically I had to accept the help that was there for me and it, it might not have been done in the best way. We've done in the right intentions, like people like my mum, but they might have said clumsy things, but I'd got to that point where I'd had a crisis. So really, I can't really turn around and say, oh, you didn't help me exactly the right way. Like, because I'd got to that point where I needed the help. You know, I couldn't really make the decisions for myself. And I know that there are people out there who might get to that point, but what I'm saying is it doesn't have to be to the point where you've just got one choice, which is to go to your GP. Like, it's spotting signs early. I wish that I'd just reached out to someone or had someone to reach out to about it. But I, I suppose to, to flip this around, the situation has completely changed. I'm, the things I'm talking about were 10 years ago. It's not like that now. It's everywhere. You only need to just open your phone or look on the TV and every five minutes there'll be something related to mental health. You're putting your hand out to say, I'm going to get help, but you can't always extend your hand the full way. Someone else or something will put a I'll have a handout. There's lots of ways to do that. And uh, I think this is a positive thing. And I feel that if I was in that situation now, I, well, I, I've already built those coping mechanisms. I, I booked a counsel appointment the other day. I was like, 
I've got a lot on. I was feeling very emotional about something. Uh, and I was like, I can't carry this around with me all week. Like, I'm not going to bury this emotion. I was really angry and frustrated about something, which it wasn't to do with me. I made an appointment because I've got a counsellor and I just did that. But I'm just looking at 10 years ago and I buried that and I buried the next thing and I buried the next thing. No wonder. So getting help is something that you get better at, I suppose. Yeah, that's the thing. Getting help is a, is a growth craft almost. Like, you know, you, you do make better decisions at getting help. I suppose for me, I thought I was getting help when I was just surrounding myself with people, something we've discussed before, but actually that wasn't done in the appropriate way. So it wasn't actually very helpful. I think sometimes the, the, the phenomenon that you're describing where there is so much potential help out there now can often feel like, you know, that, that feeling that everyone knows sitting in front of the TV with your partner or on your own, even or with a housemate, or with a friend and going, right, what should we watch? And you're just paralyzed by options. And then if you're the kind of person that already overthinks things, especially when it comes to something like your health, you can talk yourself out of doing anything because there's too many options. And I think my message on that would be, you can always try something and not do it again, unless you're going to go and join some weird sort of cult where they do experimental type therapies with you. It's more than likely not going to be harmful to you in any way, trying any of these types of things out. Like I, I listening to you say, oh, I had a, had a lot on, so I called my counselor and booked a session. That's amazing because that is what I would probably do if I was starting to feel like this, that sort of overwhelmed anxiety that I had earlier on the week and on a more chronic basis or I felt like I'm not going to be able to deal with this. I have that person, you know, in the same way if I had a toothache, I would call my dentist and I would probably know that if it was a mild, numb toothache that wasn't going away after a few days, I better do it now and not when I'm in crippling pain on the floor and having to go to A&E, which is like the crisis point in mental health. So I know to do that with my teeth because like, I know that getting help in that respect isn't weakness. It isn't, well, it is scary because it's a dentist, but it's, it's something that I know will benefit me. But the, again, linking back to the Netflix analogy, there's not much choice there. If you've got that problem, you go to that, that solution. But with mental health, it's so emergent, the types of help you can get that I think we will come to understand which aspects of help will benefit particular experiences more and we do have some insight into that but because of the nature of it being so person-centered it's very difficult to know what is going to work there is no answer to that someone came to me or you and went i feel like this what should i do we would say well can't tell you what you should do here's some of the things that we do uh, you know that, that our friends do that, that i know people have done that have been helpful you should go and explore it for yourself yeah, that makes me think of, obviously, crisis support, you know, different in terms of, there's a, here's a list of numbers if you're at crisis support. Of course, like, you know, there's no judgment there. You do what you need to do to make, to, to look after yourself. Um, but I think, yeah, a lot of a lot of this involves, um, will it be handled sensitively? And trust and self-worth come into it. So I didn't, I was terrible. I didn't go to the dentist for like three years when, when I was struggling with mental health because I, I didn't make doctor's appointments. Like, because uh, I didn't feel like I was worth anything and I didn't feel mm. that, like it would just involve more stress. I'd moved around a lot. I had to change addresses and get lots of paperwork in order and I'd put it off and, and it was it was self-worth. And, and, and as I've grown, I've built trust in myself to say, and oh, this is what I need when I get to that point. But I, yeah, I'm better at it with mental health than I am, than I am with physical health. But yeah, trust is something that's really important that now I know there are people I can go to who I can trust and in that, they'll, they will hold what I'm going to give to them or listen to me empathetically. And the worst, 
one of the worst things that might have happened in the past. I might have had problems and gone to some friends at the time and, and they weren't handled and it, it, they're not qualified to do that, you know, in many ways. Or I, I don't know, like I'm putting my trust in the wrong places and I've, I've developed trust in myself, my own processes. And, and that's allowed me to, to, to get help. And, and the, the me that you know now is very much problem. A, B, do it. You know that in me now, but I was never like that. You raised two things there for me. One is about the neutrality of help and that the first step to getting help often looks like saying something that you don't want to say, expressing a feeling you, you don't want to let others see because it is so shameful or you're terrified of that judgment. And the problem with doing that in a non-neutral setting, say friends, family, whatever, is you get one of two responses quite typically. One is quite judgmental and unhelpful, which we've both been through. And one is actually overly sympathetic and not challenging enough. And it's like the bare minimum to make you feel all right in the moment. And then you just go along your way until it happens again. And actually neither of those are particularly helpful, which is why I really evangelize about counselling. I've had bad experiences with counselling. I wouldn't say like traumatic experiences, just unhelpful. Just I did that process and I got nothing out of it. But when I found the right counsellor, it was transformative. Like I look back on how I was in that and she sat with me at our last session of our regular sessions and was like, I just want to reflect on my notes from our first meeting. And I want you to hear some of the things that I wrote down. And it was just like a different reality. It's just it's just crazy. Um, but the other thing that you said, which I think is Probably, yeah, I think aside from the judgment aspect, probably I would say the main reason I didn't get help early on. And why even on Wednesday, when I had an anxiety attack, I didn't reach out and do the things that I know were healthiest for me. I did get through it because I'm more resilient now, but there were things I could have done better. And the reason I didn't is because my anxiety is so tied to low self-esteem that when I'm triggered in that sense, I do feel worthless and I feel like things aren't my fault. And so if it's my fault... Then if I go to people for help, one or two things are going to happen. They're not going to acknowledge that I need help because it's my fault. Or I'm going to feel like I'm burdening them with the situation. So I didn't, I didn't get help. So even I, who's saying, you know, all these things, blah, 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 it's amazing. You should do it. Don't be scared. Don't feel judgment. Even I, like even now, acute fear, feeling of anxiety and I didn't get the help I needed. I mean, it's hard not for me to have an emotional reaction to that in that like, you know, it's like you're a friend and I don't want to see you in that situation. But it does take time to to accept help. So you can get help if it's offered to you as well. So uh, like there's patterns of people's behavior. Like, for example, with you, you'll you'll just you just won't text or you'll go a bit quieter and, and, and you know, you've started a new job, but then you'll stop initiating things. And it's like you your friend, your friends and people closer to you know it's happening, but they also want to give you that space. And and it's like sometimes you you're crying out for somebody to reach out and extend that hand a little bit closer to you. So back in the summer when I had a very 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 bad anxiety attack and drove to a car park and my wife's going spare, you were the person that called me, weren't you? And I answered the phone and accepted that help. And and that took me a long time to be to be like that, John. You know, I put I would have been like. No, I'm not answering the phone. But then I was like, no, I, I, I got to the point where this guy, I respect him, has has reached out to me. I'm going to get that help from him, even in the short term, because like I, I was, my head was all over the place. And 
often we think, yeah, we're going to think, we think we're going to be judged. We're judging ourselves. And and one of the reasons I didn't get help for a long time was maybe, and I might sound a bit ashamed to this, but maybe I did want saving. Maybe I did want rescuing because I didn't want to do the work myself. Now now I do it myself, and sometimes I do. I sometimes I'm thinking, and I just want someone to notice and and reach out and and in my life there were very pivotal moments that was one of them it's interesting isn't it because not that i'd forgotten that but the impact that it has is as you described your words pivotal to the person receiving that help and it doesn't take as much of you giving that help to give that pivotal moment to that person so as much as we're talking about it from the person that need that, that, that sort of needs to take that steps perspective yeah, you're speaking to the people and I'm I'm echoing you that could do that reaching out. Like it is one of the most powerful and wonderful things you can do for someone to just let them breathe for a minute. I think, you know, it, it is something that is a, is a gift that costs you nothing. So why not give it, you know, made me quite emotional to think of that, that, that you're reflecting on that in that way, because it just felt natural to me to reach out to you in that moment. And give you that help because because I knew that's what you needed it's interesting you say that your friends will notice that you know you stopped doing this and we're giving you the space because of this I think you're doing yourself a disservice there because I don't think I don't think that's a natural disposition for a lot of people I don't think everyone picks up on other people's energies as astutely as you might that's not a criticism of people it's difficult. It's a skill. It t- you're training in this area. That's, you know, your job, your craft, your, your whole numinous, to keep using that word, that I love. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be people out there thinking, he's such a knob, that guy. Word he's of the words. week. <laughs> he doesn't need to use those words, but, you know, I, I, it comes to me when it, when, it, when it comes to me. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think there are lots of people that probably observed my behavior over the last decade, let's say. And we were talking about presenteeism either. I think we were talking about before we started the real conversation. And how I wandered through life for quite a while, waiting for that support, not knowing I was waiting for that. And it never really came because most people around me thought he's fine. And I'm guilty of this too. A good friend of mine, we both know, I'm not going to name these people. When they told me they, they had anxiety, and I find that quite a weird phrase now, the more and more I talk about it, experienced anxiety. I was like, I, what? I would never have thought that of you. And I think... And I would like to think I'm quite an empathetic person. I'm quite attuned to what people think. So I suppose the roundabout way here that I'm saying is people that can do that, that can pick up on that energy are special. But equally, if you're not picking that up, it doesn't mean it's not the case that there isn't someone in your life. And we talk about the ask, are you okay twice type thing. There are maybe people that we try and observe, try and see if there's been a change, try and see... You know, I don't mean like spend all your time worrying if someone in your life is anxious, but, you know, maybe there's someone that previously has been in that situation that maybe appears to be fine, but actually they're not. I don't know. It's very difficult to know exactly what to do with that. But it's very interesting that you say, oh, we all identify that. And I don't think that's true. But I do agree with this victim complex thing as well. That was a light bulb moment for me. I remember doing um, and now that my partner is someone who's a you know expert in this field. I feel ashamed that I did this, but. I signed up last summer to do a CBT online course to learn about CBT and maybe, you know, integrate it into my own life for like 18 pounds. And she's done like tens of thousands of pounds of years and years and years of training this. But one of the things in there that was useful was about this notion of responsibility. 
and how no one is going to fix you for you. You've got to do it. And that's like the first bit of any therapy, really, but of CBT, like you've got to do it. It's going to be you that does it. And I actually was so moved and that was so profound to me that I actually text my brother who had tried to sort of roundabout tell me that same thing the previous summer. And I'd said, no, Tom, sometimes people just need help. Some people just, you know, you need to, you know, you've got to do it for them. And actually, I was just blown away by that. So I completely agree that we probably do a lot of us. I definitely did. You've just admitted it. Wander through life waiting for that white knight to save you. 100%. I actually did a blog about this about six months ago. I was waiting for this knight and, and the horse, you know, like, and, and then the, it was me. Like, cause it, it was. <laughs> like, I, it, I'd started engaging with therapy a few years back and it, I mean, obviously, the CBT is more directive, but I think it's absolutely brilliant because you're getting all your thoughts, feelings, behaviours out in the open. You're, it's like you're assembling all the parts and you're thinking, how do I work? What can I change? In the short term, it's absolutely magnificent. I did it and it, it, it set me on a pathway. And then I started to do the deeper work. And it, it, yeah, it, I had a lot more trust in my own processes. And I was like, hang on a minute, this person, this counsellor is going to listen to me uh, and what I think is right for me. And, and this is it. You get autonomy. I think people think getting help is giving up, surrendering all control and just somebody telling you what to do. And, and, and also you're not taking responsibility there. And then you're also putting the failure or the success of it onto someone else. And it, 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 you have to engage. You can't like you can't just like for me. Again, this is for me. But like, you know, what do you want? What do you need? They're two different things, I think, as well. Like, you know, and it takes years to know what conditions you like 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 a hard tough love isn't going to work with me like it's just not going to work like i'll switch off and you know like i'm i will need a little bit of uh, reinforcement i will need someone to say to me you this is what you i think you're doing well this is like that's the way i learn that's the way i i teach you know give to the young people that's my ways of being and instead of beating myself up for not being another way i've embraced I brace things about myself that I like. I'm not like I'm not prepared to change. That's different. But but because I've kind of things have come round a little bit to a way that I feel more comfortable, that's absolutely fine because then I've been able to do the work and uh yeah, get and I can able to to get help because I've got I've got connections who I trust. And and that means I can just go, all right, feeling X, Y, and Z, right. Texas person, are you free for a session tomorrow? Yes, because now I I have a duty to myself, but I also have responsibility to keep up, keep my mental health as a counsellor, and that's such a motivating factor that it's really, really brought me on in the last two, three weeks. It's funny that you say that you've got a responsibility to keep your own mental health in a good place as a counsellor. I wish that my family, some of them being health professionals, thought about their physical health in the same manner I'm not sure it's quite as obvious as that in that in that profession but I think you're right especially because you know people not to burden you with this but people rely on you you know you you do have that sort of like challenge to to always be aware at least of what you need and I think something you said there that you know there's usually one thing in everything we talk about that I think if anyone could take anything away from this conversation it's this idea that getting help is empowering not disarming the best feeling I've had in recent years that's been experience triggered, that moment, that, that sort of like hour or two after a counselling session, when you honestly feel like you could do anything, like you, you could take on the world. And if you could bottle that feeling and just have it there all the time, 
then you'd be unstoppable. Like anyone would be unstoppable with that feeling. And there are people that are able to, not always, but more often than not, have that feeling at their disposal. So it's about building a practice, isn't it, where that's the case. And I used to never have that feeling. Like five years ago, six years ago, maybe even two years ago, I I had none of that feeling. Now, I kind of feel like that maybe two, three times a week, perhaps, maybe not to the extreme that I do after a counselling session, but I have that sort of belief and that, that drive and that desire. And that came directly from getting help. When we learn more about ourselves, we're better prepared to kind of manage things as well. Like even without you knowing, you've become more resilient because like you know yourself better. And like, yeah, in the short term, it can be quite traumatic to learn all it and go through. It's like knowing how I'm feeling, but then actually feeling how I'm feeling. Like, and it's like, we are very scared of that. Often as men, we're scared of doing that. But uh, yeah, we we know what's best for us. Like, I think that to, to give all that responsibility to someone else, it, you know, you need to be involved in the process. And, and also then you start to like make better decisions. It starts to become less of a big deal to go out and get help. Mm. Like, like you could say, right, I'm going to text this person. I'm going to go to this group more often. I'm going to listen to this mindfulness thing. Or, yeah, like it, it looks it looks many different ways, but you have the power to do that. And yeah, I know money is a big barrier for a lot of people to getting help. And but there are things out there, you know, like at least worth exploring, you know, like uh, that, that weren't there 10 years ago to take it back. Like there are options, like it might not always be the perfect option, but if you're willing to kind of like mold yourself to it or adapt it in some way. And the best thing that that was mentioned early on about just not being the only person in there getting help. You're going to the GP, it's just you or just you and a family member or just you over a phone right now, which is scary as fuck. If you're going to an online group, yeah, you, there's more people in there who've, who've, who've kind of, surely there's, there's a certain security or a strength in numbers when it comes to getting help. Yeah, I think the danger of something like that to sort of talk everyone out of what we do (laughs) but the danger of that is is anonymity so you can feel like you've already done that being responsible by just showing up which you have to some extent but then you've got to do something else after that you've you've got to like I mean well maybe you don't maybe that's enough for you that tied you over just being in a room with people virtual or or real but if you really want to do like you said before do the hard work because it is hard work like if I think about the things that made me do was when I did used to catastrophize or ruminate or overthink, I had to stop like manually sort of go into my own thoughts and go, no, this is not, no, it is how you feel. It is the feeling. It is really strong. This is the truth. No, this is not the truth. And that is hard work. And to do that sort of stuff, yeah, being in a group situation is a good start. But then what do you do next? And that's a challenge to yourself. And we've talked about how getting help is empowering. It really, really, really is from our experience. But it is sometimes very challenging. But as the old adage goes, nothing that's worth doing is easy. Nothing that's worth having is simple to get. It is something that, you know, if you think about trauma and you think about all the things that people have been through to get to the place where they feel like they need to get help, there's a lot that's gone into that. So to unpick it is going to take almost an equal, if not more, level of effort so i'm not saying that that should be in any way a sort of factor in not pursuing it the opposite really it's just go for it do the thing all of it will build and build and build and you've got to keep going you've got to keep being resilient as we mentioned a few times 
And I think that's where things like groups and and networks, if they're neutral, as we've discussed before, or their family and friends, but with a little bit of challenge in there, can be absolutely vital in that journey to getting help that benefits you in the long term. Yeah, that's a nice way to kind of bring it bring it to an end, I suppose, in that like safe spaces are there. But what I'm saying is you can't nothing's a hundred percent safe. There's always an element of challenge or risk involved. But I look at I was not in a safe space when I was keeping it all to myself. So I, I might move into a marginally safer space, but I have to challenge and push myself and you have to swallow your pride as well. But it, it can be done and it nowadays it doesn't have to be done alone. There are there are connectors out there. Even if it's somebody you've never met online, there are people, there's, there's communities, there's tribes of people like Instagram, Twitter, who, who can kind of point you in the right direction. You're still going to have to take the step at some point in some way, but getting help doesn't always have to be done 100% alone. Okay, on that note, let's uh, head to the checkout. I would love you to go first. <laughs> yeah, I feel, yeah feel quite safe feel quite safe like safe not like cool safe safe no i do i feel like <laughs> i've brought stuff you know you don't ever know what you're gonna plot you know but i talked about quite a yeah rough time for me that happened last year i haven't really spoken about that much and uh i've started to access a lot more emotions this week and it can shake you up but like i i feel like it's just part and parcel of living and growing and and yeah and i, I just feel safe and i feel just really pleased that we're doing this like really pleased yeah, I feel, I don't know, I feel relaxed and appreciative of everything that I have right now, which is a nice feeling to have because I think conversations like this, this particular topic at this particular time have shown me exactly all the good stuff that I have done. Like the, the irony of this statement is that I have done to get help. I did all those bold and scary and sometimes two step forward one step back type things and now I can look back on that and go but you did it and you are benefiting from it and that makes me feel yeah you said safe and I think that that makes sense to me I I would say yeah relaxed almost because down the line I know what benefits me I know what I need even though what I want and what I need are not the same thing and I'm in good stead to stay in a good place so yeah thanks very much mate for the uh for the chat on a Friday evening. It's uh, setting me up right now. So uh going to go out now and, and have a great time and go to the... Oh, wait, no. Oh, no. Definitely oh, not. no. Brilliant. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, great. All right, well, I'll, uh, I'll catch you on the next one, mate. Speaks very soon. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We really appreciate your interest in what we do. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe, share, or review this podcast. And if you'd like to have a chat, join a session, or just have some fun, then come find us at Talk About It Mate on all social media.